We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No matter what your your goal or your dream is, not just athletics, but just try new things and, and don't give up. Don't be afraid. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. everyone welcome into another episode of our stories a kc sports network podcast on women sports and kansas city presented by our friends at holiday distillery i'm marlia campbell and really excited for today's guest i, I think you're going to leave the show feeling uh like whatever you're going through right now you're going to feel a little bit more empowered to face it head on because today's story is one of resiliency i'm talking of course about none other than kansas sports hall of famer seven time state champ and KU national champion in the 800 meter, Christy Foster Burrett. Christy, thank you for, so much for, for joining us today. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, gosh, you look at your laundry list of accomplishments, uh, which, by the way, I haven't even, I barely scratched the surface. <laughs> and um, and uh, it, that, that would be incredible for anyone, but the adversity you faced in, in college makes it even more. Um, I guess, impressive. And, and there's so many lessons to learn out of it. So I wanted to start with uh, your career at KU. Take me to your freshman year. You're a seven-time state champ out of Bishop Miege. What were your expectations, you know, starting your starting your time in Lawrence? Well, to backtrack a little bit, I didn't actually even think about running track in college. I did not know that was a thing until after my junior year. Oh, wow. um, back then, you know, everything was by a phone. There wasn't cell phones or email. And the morning after state is when you could start to be recruited. 8 a.m., the Sunday morning after state, oh, I had gosh. my first recruiting <laughs> phone call. And I was completely confused and blown away. I did not expect it to be coming. Um, so it was a, it was a whirlwind. Um, so is this your senior year? Mm-hmm. But no, my junior oh, year. So I had junior just year. state my junior year going into um, my senior year. So junior I didn't, 
I just didn't know there was going to be this onslaught. But my junior year, they had, um, how do I want to say? I want to say it the nice way. They influenced me <laughs> to try cross country that year um, sure. to see if it would help my 400 time. And um, it turned out going well. I ended up winning state and cross country. And so then that spring, they threw me well. in the 200 <laughs> at state. And I, you know, one of my messages I always try to share with the athletes I work with is don't be afraid to try new things. Uh, my junior year is a perfect example of that because at state, they decided to put me in the 200 as well for, to try to get some points. And I ended up winning. So, you know, have faith and just believe and you can get there. I'm not saying I believed at first. Trust me, I had a complete baby fit meltdown. And then I wrapped my head around it, got through regionals and got to state. So yeah. um, I was getting to KU. I was wide eyed and just ready to go. I didn't really know what to expect because other than visits during my senior year, I hadn't really known anybody who had run in college before. Yeah. So, what made you choose KU? That, that's kind of a long story. Um, <laughs> I love it. That's what that's what we do here. <laughs> uh, as I mentioned, there was an onslaught of interest, and um, it was it was overwhelming at times. I decided yeah. not to play basketball my senior year, and uh, so that I would have time to explore the schools interested. I will say that. Um, not everyone out there who you think has your best intentions in mind always have your best intentions in mind. Sure. And unfortunately, I uh, learned that later and the hard way. Now, my experience at KU was phenomenal. Uh, I ran under Steve Guyman and Gary Schwartz, and they were excellent coaches. My teammates were amazing. I met my husband there. You know, I can't complain. Yeah. Um, it was an excellent experience. But I never intended to go there. But unfortunately, just the way the world worked, I ended up at KU and it ended up being a wonderful experience. I, yeah. I mean, I bleed crimson and blue now. So, yeah, funny how things work out like that. But gosh, the recruiting process is, I mean, you're 17 and you're making this decision that's going to, you know, snowball into the rest of your life. So, yeah. uh, in hindsight, going to KU certainly worked out for you very well. It did. It yeah. Did. Um, so freshman year, you arrive on campus, you're right-eyed and bushy-tailed. Had you started experiencing any pain at this point? Did you have a history of kind of injuries? I had a history of calf pain. Okay. Um, my mom always associated it with growing pains. And, you know, my calves get really, really tight after running around outside. Um, I was always an athlete. I played basketball, soccer, of course, track. And um, I guess we get really, really tight, but we just attributed it to, you know, being overtired or growing pains, my mom used to say, um, but nothing that kept me out. Um, high school, I had minor injury, you know, some IT band flare up. That was about it. Um, it I started to have some weird stuff my freshman year to where my feet would kind of fall asleep and feel tingly. Sometimes my legs didn't feel as strong and solid as other times. Um, but it wasn't, my freshman year, it wasn't too bad. Um, showed up to campus at the beginning of August for cross country and my kind of nemesis in the Kansas City area who ended up being the maid of honor in my wedding. So oh, it all worked out. That's um, awesome. Melissa, yeah. Melissa Schwartz, she ran for um, Shiny Mission West. And back in the oh, day, my, you know, that's where I went. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back then, you know, we used to have a publication called The um, Sun, and it came out every Thursday, and it would pit us against each other every week. And so here I was on the same team with her. Yeah. And uh, so it was, it was shocking, but it, the freshman year went fairly well. I had a, a stress fracture in my femur by the end of cross country, so I did not get to run indoor my freshman year, but I came back for outdoor. Yeah. Yeah, gosh, how how was the uh, transition? I ask everyone this from from high school to college because mine was a wake up call. <laughs> it's a, college is a is a different level for sure. Yeah, you know, I think it was okay only because I was never really afraid of hard work. I always had in my mind that it it was going to hurt. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. going to take a lot of effort and a lot of time. And so I was at peace with that. And it, it wasn't too horrible of a transition other than um, I really was more of a low mileage person and my mileage did increase. And so uh, the femur stress fracture was kind of a, <laughs> Ooh, a, a that was the wake up call of, of maybe this isn't working out mileage wise for me. But we, you know, the coaches, like I mentioned, Coach Guyman was amazing. He worked with me to make sure that uh, I had quality miles so that we could keep running. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you make it through your freshman year, come back your sophomore year, and this is where things kind of take a turn. Is that right? Yes. So yeah. the end of my freshman year had ended um, fairly well. Um, I ended up winning big eight at, um, well, at the big eight conference championship. But I really had, it had started to wear on me by the end of the year. I wasn't sure if I still wanted to run anymore or not. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I actually qualified for the Olympic trials. Wow. Um, but my coach, Coach Guyman, and I decided that maybe it would be best for me to cross train through the summer and just think about my next steps. And you're so, still a freshman at this point. Yes, I was. Yes. Oh, I was wow. 19, I guess, at that point. Mm, yes. Wow. That's yeah, Olympic trials at 19. So, that's, yeah, yeah. It was exciting. Looking back, I'm like, oh my goodness, what did <laughs> I do? But it, I, as I mentioned before, that there, there were some people kind of nefarious at the end of high school who were didn't have my best interests in heart. I started to realize that um, by the end of freshman year of track, and I was just worn out. Uh, mm. But that summer of cross training, I came back sophomore year ready to go. Had a great cross country season. Had a great indoor season outdoor things started to fall apart and my calves were getting so tight that i would lose strength um i would be walking well ku is a very hilly campus and i always insisted on walking and uh, my feet would just be dead and um, i would lose strength and it, my muscles just felt like they were going to explode and so they checked for all sorts of things they thought i had shin splints for a while it was kind of a long process. And then one day, one of the trainers mentioned uh, muscle compartment syndrome and said, you know, I think we need to get you in right away. So the next day, I, my parents came and got me. We went down to KU Med. And again, you know, things have changed a lot because I've worked with an athlete who had muscle compartment syndrome. It's not the same, but at the time they did a compartment um, pressure tests. So they took these long needles stuck them in your muscle compartments to the bone to measure the pressure. So my pressures were high in my calves, um, interior and anterior before. Then they had me go run on the treadmill until my legs failed. 
popped me back on the table and stuck me again. Long story short, emergency surgery the next day, because uh, when muscle compartment syndrome is not treated, the blood can get trapped in your muscle, the muscle can die. And so I pretty much went back up to KU, took care of my classes, stopped telling my teachers and I uh, had surgery the next day. So when you say the muscle could die, what is that? Well, the blood gets trapped, so it's not able yeah. to circulate. So it, you yeah. don't get fresh blood into your muscle and it, it can just uh, atrophy to the point of sometimes at the worst case scenario, um, amputation. Gosh. Yeah. And you're 19, 20 when this yeah, happens and you're not quite 20. I think it was right around my 20th birthday, actually. Yeah. yeah. And you had already won a big A championship. You had qualified for the Olympic trials. Where was your head at when you got that news? I, I was really upset. Um, yeah. I, I honestly, I was happy that finally somebody had an answer because sure. by that point it had been a good year and a half of my feet falling asleep all all the time. Um, I was so mad because I had had a great indoor as well. I had won big eight in the 800 again. I was had goals. I wanted to get there. And this was going to take me out for the whole outdoor season. Um, and I had already missed the indoor season the year before. So I was thinking, here I am a sophomore. I've already had to redshirt two of the six seasons. Um, but, you know, the surgery uh, actually did not go great. Uh, they didn't release all the compartments. And actually, they, um, the surgeon had nicked a nerve. And I woke up from surgery, and I remember I said, there's something wrong with my left leg. And they thought I was still just loopy from surgery. And I said, no, it feels very different. I understand I had surgery, but there's something wrong. Basically, six months, they kept telling me that, you know, I was not being tough or that I it was just scar tissue, whatever. <laughs> they came up with all these things. They had the trainers massage my, um, my, the area that was all swollen. A couple years later, found I had to have surgery again, not so emergent this time, but they had to release the rest of my compartments. And what had happened is I had, they had nicked a nerve and it had caused a traumatic neuroma. Um, so my second surgery, I got to choose my surgeon. <laughs> so yeah. advocate for yourself. That's another message I like to share with young athletes. Yeah. Um, trust your instinct and, and advocate for yourself because I've learned yeah. the hard way that you have to do that. Um, but the second surgeon was great. He did actually a spinal block so I could sit up and see what had happened to my nerve during my surgery. And they yeah, showed whoa. me and they he showed me what they had taken off, like all the scar tissue that had built up on the nerve. And then, yeah. um, Unfortunately, he told me he wasn't going to be able to fix it, um, yeah. which is bury it deeper under the muscle so I would not have as much pain uh, because it, that from that, well, I guess, spring of 93 until my second surgery was spring of 95, everything hurt. My shoes, my socks, my mm. sheet on my bed, like water in the shower was excruciating. <laughs> and oh. so... Um, Anyway, so that surgery went a little bit better. And in the meantime, I was able to run, you know, that next fall of my junior year, I had a, a, a cross-country season and a indoor season as well. And yeah. then went down again. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, gosh, we are part of it. And uh, I've interviewed you before for uh, the 9 to 50 series I did, and we found out we are are part of that unfortunate rare club. I also had a, a nerve nicked. And, um, so yeah. And and the same thing happened to me where I said, I think something's wrong. And I think it's, you know, the combination of athlete culture where it's, I got kind of the same messages of the toughness Mm -hmm. thing. And yeah, so I can't feel my arm anymore as well. So, um, I understand. I empathize, I guess. Um, but I was done playing. So now I just do yoga and, you know, go on walks and stuff, (laughs) but you had a career to focus on. So, um, Gosh, uh, how did you rehab from that? You were in a ton of pain. I'm asking a million questions, but was there a point where you were like, I'm, I'm done? So no, not, not yeah. in college. I somehow yeah. got in my head and I really don't know how. I really, really, really wanted to win nationals. Um, it was just, I don't know. Somehow, I don't remember the exact moment. I don't remember what, but it was just my driving force. And I had always been um, pretty determined growing up. Uh, I don't know why exactly. I did. So I was adopted. And later in life, I met my birth mom. And so obviously, I wanted to know, what sports did you do? What about my birth dad? What about, you know, tell me all about it. And she was horrified. She was from the South. And she said she would have never let me participate in athletics because it is not ladylike and that she would have been horrified. I would have been injured. And this was when my husband was showing her my hall of fame picture at KU. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm like, wow, I really dodged a bullet there. You know, I could have (laughs) never have run at all, but I always had this just intense drive. And my husband and I have talked and we wonder if it's because I was adopted and I just felt like I had to constantly prove myself or compete. I don't know, but it was yeah. in my head. It was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I think this is such a good message too, for, uh, you know, growing up, whenever I had an injury, not even a third of as severe as that, you know, that would keep me out for a couple of weeks when you're so determined and you have all these goals and you're a kid, yeah. it's like every injury is like, Oh my gosh, what if oh. I don't come back fast enough? What I don't, if I don't come back strong enough, if I'm not a hundred percent. So I hope people yeah. listening to this, if you have a kid like that in your life who's going through something like that, that you share Christy's story because the way you approach this is just unbelievable. Um, well, I so was how- very fortunate at KU, though, um, but, uh, yeah. Coach Bob Timmons, who is a beloved um, coach from KU who's since passed away, he yeah. actually came out of retirement to work me out in the pool. Um, the week wow. I won nationals, I only ran four miles. 
The rest yeah. was in the pool and on a bike. And so that support staff of Coach Guyman and Coach Timmons meeting me at five in the morning and seven at night and Coach Guyman coming up with all these crazy, um, I guess they call them assault bikes now, but it used to be the aerogyne, you know, the bike where you also were moving your arms at the yeah. same time. Workouts yeah. to make sure I maintained the, the fitness I needed um, without trashing my legs even more. Um, so it really, it was a whole team that really helped me get there, but they knew I wanted it. So they yeah. were on board. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how long did it take from surgery to get back on your feet? Metaphorically and I guess literally. Um, you know, really all they really do is make the incisions and they just cut the yeah. fascia. So yeah. back then they just left it flopping around in there, which then ends up causing adhesions, which is why mm -hmm. I still had trouble even after two surgeries. Um, so it was about a three-month period of time to where I was back to running at a fairly normal volume. Yeah. Uh, so you never doubt I'm going to get back to this. Junior year goes well. Yes. Maybe yes. they're injury-free-ish. Um, Given, yes. I mean. No, wait. Yeah. Yes. Yes, because the fifth year is when I won. Sorry. Look, my brain's uh, <laughs> yes, my, yeah. I, it always ended up going well enough. I yeah. I think that was the year that um, I was lucky enough to, when I got to actually run in the Big 8 Conference Championships, I was actually undefeated in the 800 meters. And so wow. when I ran, that went well. When I went to nationals, um, that year in indoor is, I'm short for an 800 runner. I'm maybe 5'4". And back then, maybe 108 pounds-ish, um, mm -hmm. I got knocked off the track. Um, I had made it to finals, no. but I got kind of pushed on a curve. And um, I got back on and I finished the race. And it's so ridiculous. That was one of the All-American um, honors I earned. But it was silly because, I mean, I didn't do well. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, but, that's a that's a high bar. Goodness gracious! <laughs> but then an outdoor, um, I had one big eight, and then the national meet um, was in Idaho, and we had gotten stuck in Minnesota overnight, and basically drove from the airport, and I stepped on the track for my first oh. race. Um, I did oh, not gosh. make it to finals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how crazy! It was, yeah horrible uh yeah. really embarrassing one of those moments where you know i always tell anyone i work with coaching wise for track just give it your best and even my kids when they're in their sports you will never regret trying your hardest even if you fall on your face and fail it's so much better than looking back and going why didn't i get my act together better you know why didn't i foresee that maybe i was going to have to get out of the van and onto the track sure. um yeah. you know you never regret trying hard even if it doesn't go the way you want uh, you yeah. never regret that but you really really will regret those times that you just kind of weren't in it <laughs> sure yeah so take me to the to the national meet is this your your fifth year your My final fifth year, year last, last chance yeah so this is it yeah. yeah what are your thoughts week up you are you had already said you ran was it four miles that week four miles yes and what would um, what would you typically run like um, if you were in full 45 health? Okay, so not, yeah, not close. Yeah. Not close. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Um, I, I don't know. At that point, you know, I was having so much trouble and they couldn't figure out why because yeah. all of my compartments were released. Um, and what it was is all that fascia had formed new little pockets of adhesion and it was still causing my legs to over, my compartments to still overfill 
I still was losing strength. My feet were still falling apart or falling asleep, falling mm. apart too. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I just, I didn't know that I would make it through outdoor season. And so I very much knew that like, this was it. This is my chance. I had to do it. Um, so I was excited. Melissa, who I mentioned from West, your, yeah. your alumni. Yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. She had made it in the 1500. And then we were on the same distance medley team as well. So we had a good group of girls that year going um, to nationals. So that was very encouraging. Um, my now husband actually came to Indianapolis in the old RCA oh. dome to watch as well. Um, my parents didn't come because the last time they had come, I had gotten thrown off the track. So that's fine. <laughs> Bad luck. <laughs> but <okay>. I'm, <laughs> I'm the oldest of five kids. They had a lot going on. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, I was, I was, I would say determined. I would not let myself think about not winning. I just got on that track and I just didn't give myself any other option. Um, another person I should really mention who was very helpful, um, sports psychology was somewhat of a newer thing at the time. I had not heard of it really until my junior year. Um, and Scott Ward, Scooter, he's still at KU. You can see him on the sidelines of the KU basketball games a lot of times. He was working on his PhD and he would work with athletes on a script for their uh, meet or game, match, whatever. And you would write out the script of everything and it helped keep your mind in check. So that then kind of like our muscle memory was sports, you had a mental memory of what you were gonna do. Now back then, you know, you had the Walkmans that were attached to a cord that, you know, you wore in your I don't head. know, but <laughs> I've seen them, yeah. Yeah, you've seen them like on an old movie or something. Yeah, but you, yeah. we would make cassettes and we would listen to wow. them I don't know, a hundred times before your meet and you made one um, each week for your next competition. So it was tailored to, you know, everything from I walk into the RCA dome and I see my competition. I take a deep breath. I will win. I will do this. It's all positive. It's your race plan. Like this is where I'm going to throw in a surge. This is where I'm going to do this so that you get there and all of a sudden your brain instantly starts playing that tape. And you would read the tape to yourself and Scooter would record it. He so would your write your script. Telling you these it's things. your voice telling yeah. you what the heck you need to do. It yeah. was powerful. Oh, it yeah. It was powerful. It helped so much. Do you still have those? Oh, my gosh. You know, I don't know. How fun would Maybe? it be to pull those out? Oh, my gosh. I, but where, yeah. how would I play them at this point? Yeah, that's, a good, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have my walking flying around today. But um, OK, so you're feeling good. You're playing your tape. You're standing at the start line. Is the, is that the thought going your, through your head? I I have this. I have no other choice. I'm going to win this. Yes. Yes. I was looking around and, you know, there was um, Hazel Clark. The Clark family was a very big name in the 800 meters back in the day. And again, I'm, I'm very short. So it was like this tall line of women and then boom, me and then <laughs> women. And yeah. I was just kind of tiny. I was not really considered a big deal because I you know, always was injured. Um, and I don't know, that gun went off and the race plan just snapped into my head. Um, and I went after it. Um, unfortunately, at the end of the race, my feet fell asleep, my legs, I lost all strength. It was watching the tape again. Well, see here, I am aging myself, watching the race again. <laughs> you see that moment where I take a step and it's not there. 
and I held on to the finish line. And the, it's funny, the, the girl who got second and I, we thought I had won. And then they put us in the little holding area to interview us. And all of a sudden they're talking about, who do you think won? We're like, uh, oh, I, uh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it was announced fairly quickly. So that was good. Yeah. You didn't have to wait too long. And how, how different was, it was a photo finish, right? It was. And this is terrible. I don't remember. It was a photo yeah. finish. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. Gosh. It was do you very remember close. the, uh, the emotions? When you cross that finish, well, I guess not when you cross the finish line. When you, <laughs> a few minutes later, when you learned yes. you were a national champion, uh, I I was happy, but at the same time, I was starting to panic. I still had the finals. We had made it to the finals in the distance medley relay as well, mm. and in that race, I ran the three quarter mile leg, and I was very nervous because I knew I needed to get my legs up in the air, up against a wall, and I needed to get ice as quick as possible to like calm everything down. Uh, and you know, after you win nationals, you have to have a, um, a urine test. And mm -hmm. so I had to wait for that. And it just, I was more focused on, I've got to get ready for this, you know, <laughs> DMR. I, I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go. Oh, um, no. honestly, I don't think the gravity of it all has really hit me until now I'm an adult and looking back, it seems like a different person, but now coaching and watching my kids do athletics, now I realize, oh, okay, that was kind of special. That was a really cool accomplishment. <laughs> I'm waiting for the movie. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. Uh, what, um, if you could go back and, and talk to the younger version of yourself, what, what would you tell her when, when uh, she was going through all of that? Um, first of all, to advocate better for myself. Um, yeah you know, I felt like there were multiple times throughout my athletic career where things didn't feel right. And um, being raised, I was raised in a Catholic school and you always respected your elders. You just took what you were supposed to do and you did it and you did it to the best of your ability and you didn't complain. Um, so I guess I would tell my younger self to speak up when you sense anything off, even in your own body. If you yeah. feel like the training's not working, if you feel like a coach, or a doctor for being inappropriate. It doesn't matter that they're a coach or a doctor. If they're being inappropriate, you've got to find someone to speak up to. You shouldn't have to handle that alone. And yeah. you know, as far as, as for runners, you know, with mileage, if it's not working for you, be adamant and say, I listen, I'll work hard, but I can't do 80 miles a week. That's not gonna work for me. And just yeah. have those open conversations and, and be authentic and honest so that you um, maybe don't end up injured half your college career. <laughs> yeah, gosh. Um, and, and is that something you instill in, I don't think we've said yet, you, you are a coach at uh, St. James? Yes. Yeah, yes, so are those things something you instill in, in your athletes now? I try. Especially I've, the young women, yeah. Yes, I do try. Um, I feel like I've developed a pretty good relationship with the girls and I do encourage them to advocate for themselves. I ask all sorts of questions just to help understand, especially if they're not getting where they want to with their training or their races. Um, you know, as silly as, gosh, one of my, I always say this, my husband laughs at me, everybody's my favorite but anytime i talk about anybody i preface it with one of my favorites but she <laughs> was really struggling and we just couldn't figure it out and then she plays club volleyball and i had the thought one day to say 
Oh my gosh, sweetie, how much running are you doing at volleyball? This poor girl three days a week was doing our workout and then a full workout at volleyball. So mm -hmm. once we adjusted her training with us and we encouraged her to advocate for herself with her coach, which she was horrified to do, because yeah. you know, the club gig is, oh yeah, it's a whole new world. <laughs> yeah. Enough know? said, yeah. Uh, but she pretty much said, I need the next three weeks to not be doubling up. I have state coming up and I want to go for it. And oh my goodness, that girl was part of our four by eight state championship relay team. So, wow. you know, it's, uh, I try to look for those things and I try to look for those maybe subtle things uh, that the girls may be showing or telling us without telling us because sometimes yeah. it's hard to find a voice and sometimes maybe you don't exactly know. She didn't think to tell me that she was running that much because that was mm -hmm. for volleyball. This is her track. And so yeah. I do try to look out for that. Anytime I hear yeah. anything fishy, I ask if they're, okay, wait a minute. Are you safe? What are you saying? Yeah. Here? You know, um, yeah. it's, it's, Yes, I do try to instill in my girls to listen to their gut and to advocate for themselves and to really yeah. try to think for themselves. Um, that's really hard to do, I think. And um, I, I'm always talking to my girls that I coach and my daughter and my sons to do that. They have to advocate for themselves and listen to themselves. Yeah, athletics brings so much good in all of our lives. But yeah, it, it is difficult when you're that age and you just want to do well, you know, it, it's yeah. hard to hard to find that voice when you're when you're young especially I think you know young women is it's uh, something where as you said you know not necessarily um when you're going through you know the coaching and you want to make the varsity team and all that stuff you're willing to oh, say yes yeah. yes yes but yeah yeah um gosh well uh, you know the story we this show is called our stories and the question I like to end with is if people take away one thing from your story what would you want that to be I guess to never give up, you know, uh, no matter what your, your goal or your dream is, not just athletics, but just try new things and, and don't give up. Don't be afraid. Be brave and do your best in everything you do. And sometimes it's going to work out. Sometimes it doesn't. But if you did your best, you're never going to look back and, you know, hit yourself in the head when you're 49 years old. <laughs> that you didn't do your best. Well, you are the perfect image of never giving up. Um, and thank you for your time. Gosh, this was, I'm ready to run through a wall right now. <laughs> Every time I talk to you, I just feel so inspired. And um, yeah, thanks. Thanks again. And, and uh, thanks for everything you do. Absolutely. It's good to talk to you again. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.